Welcome back, Super Awesome listeners. This week, it's part two of Jen's conversation with Matt Sidholm of the Super Awesome Mix podcast about the Taylor Swift Eras Tour. We'll pick up the conversation with Jen's picks from the show. Um, All right. So what did you pick for your two picks here? So my two picks, you got to experience the show with your daughter. I got to go with a good friend of mine from high school that I actually met in 1989, by the way. So how about that? We thought that was pretty funny. Um, Yeah, we met when we were 15 years old and have seen each other, you know, throughout the years at weddings and reunions and things like that um, and have stayed, you know, connected via social media. But during the pandemic, um, she and I really bonded over the folklore and every evermore albums um, and just discovered we were both huge fans. And when this tour was announced, we immediately decided that, you know, we would try and get tickets and go together. So I unfortunately got waitlisted when tickets became available. Um, and my friend Heather was not. So she spent all day long, like big, big love and thank you to Heather Garner for getting our tickets. <laughs> um, she waited all, I mean, it was literally like an eight hour all day process to get these tickets and she got them. We ended up at the Houston show and in true fashion, especially for me, um, for those of you that don't know me, my special talent in life, one of them is that I'm late to everything. <laughs> You can, I'm the girl that people tell the party starts 30 minutes before it actually does so that I get there on time. That's right, me. Right. So we're booking it to the show. We get there right as the show starts. And I wasn't super into the first two songs. Um, for those of you just like to give, like I said, Matt, the set list, you've said it, the set list is everywhere. But she starts with Lover, then goes into Fearless, Evermore, Reputation, Speak Now, Red, Folklore, 1989, her surprise songs, and then Midnight's. So she starts with Lover, which is an interesting place to start, I thought. Um, and the two, the first song is uh, our Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. And then she goes into Cruel Summer. And her third song was the song I was really excited to. So we booked it to our seats so that I could see my first pick, The Man. So, I mean, where do you start with this song? I, you know, I've talked a lot about the killer's version of this song, also called The Man, which is not a cover of this, totally different song, but same kind of thinking. Um, and I love the Taylor Swift version um, because, again, like relatable, amazing lyrics. This is the first album that she made after she left Big Machine and decided to re-record her first six albums, which, I mean, for those that have been living under a rock and don't know the story, like what a boss move. She was with Big Machine Records. She had always made it really clear that she was an artist that wanted to own her own material. Um, They ended up selling her back catalog really against her will. She wanted to buy it. They sold it to somebody else. So she's like, guess what I'm going to do? I recorded them once. I'm going to re-record my first six albums. And so that's why if you're looking on Spotify or whatever, and you see something that says Taylor's version, she's re-recorded two of the six so far and is working on the other four. But if you don't think she's the man simply from doing that, like (laughs) I'm like, but then you're missing out. Like (laughs) her, like, even if you don't like her music, you can't deny the talent, both as an artist, a performer, a businesswoman. I mean, it's just such a boss move to think that anybody would have the nerve to do something like that and then have it work, right? Um, I do like ours is a song that she's not re recorded yet. And I'm like, can I even put that on our playlist this week? I'm like, I will, <laughs> but I promise when Taylor's version comes out, I'll swap it out. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. And the man, I mean, you're right. It, it's a great song and it's, a, it's very representative of kind of, I think her place in the whole thing, you know, like talking yeah. about it with some friends ahead of the show, we, it, it evoked, you know, memories of growing up and seeing people outside of, you know, a Michael Jackson concert, right? When yeah. he was just so massively popular that people would be brought to tears because they, they were going to see this person live. Um, and, you know, I think even, you know, Springsteen had a moment, the Born in the USA tour probably where, you know, just sold out stadium night after night. I, and, and so that was, you know, some something similar. But yeah, as far as modern day, I'm like, this is probably going to be like my daughter's equivalent to to a Michael Jackson, you know, hopefully without all the baggage, but just as far as the, uh, right. the, the star power and the, and the magnitude of it and the ability to kind of just, you know, call her shots. And, and I think probably unlike Michael, cause it sounds like he never really took control of, of his whole situation, which kind of probably led to his downfall. I, I think in her case, it, it's pretty cool that she decided to take the reins like that and, and re-record the music and, um, you know, kind of do the thing that everyone says you shouldn't do, right? Like there's probably a ton of people who are like, hey, Taylor, it just doesn't work like that. It just doesn't work like that. And I just love the, yeah, okay, well, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm going to win, you know? I mean, I, right, think that, right. I think in terms of cultural relevance, you're right. I mean, this is going to be up there with like Elvis's comeback special or, you know, like Led Zeppelin reuniting for the Celebration Day tour. And, you know, I don't say either of those names lightly. They're both artists that I love. I think this tour, though, is going to be right up there in terms of like concerts um, that will be remembered forever. Like, it's just it's been yeah, such a good it, show. It's definitely one of the best shows I've ever been to. Right. Like if I just remove the, you know, obviously I'm a I'm a huge Springsteen fan and people who listen to me on the other show know that. Right. But like that, the show there is just, just him and his band playing. Right? Like there's right. nothing to it here. I think just the whole presentation uh, I thought was just remarkable. And that was kind of what I was pointing out to my daughter too, was just, you know, she would stand in the middle and I'll say this to people when, when you watch public speakers, like great public speakers aren't afraid of silence. Right. Yep. And she would just take these pauses while she was addressing the crowd and kind of look at them. And, and she knows the camera is on her and she knows she can do something with her eyes or do something with her face and they're going to react. And, and I pointed that out to her. I was like, look, just, just watch what she's doing here. And then, you know, secondary to that, I was like, think about how many times she had to practice this to get to the right mark at the right time to go under the stage to do this, to do that. I think the precision of it all was was pretty remarkable when you look at just how massive a stage show it is. So, um, yeah, I mean, so we didn't have conversations about, you know, uncomfortable lyrics, but I did point things out about public speaking while we were uh, while we were sitting there. Well, and I've stole your line a thousand times because I think you nailed it right after you saw the show. You were texting Samer and I, and um, I've shared this and I've said this to probably a hundred people now that the show was a masterclass in public performance. And I could not agree more. I think you're so right about that. And the way she, you know, she does, she stops, she looks around at the crowd and whether it was, 
you know, contrived or practiced or rehearsed or not. I really believe too that she was taking it in, you know, like when she stopped and looked around and just couldn't believe, you know, everybody's screaming her name in the stadium. Like, I can't even imagine what that must feel like, right? That much energy coming at you. Um, and I think that she just, she does, she handles it so beautifully with kind of a wink and a smile. And that's what makes it so enjoyable. It feels like you're, you know, you're watching a friend perform. Um, and that's, that's what was so magical to me. One of the things about the show. And then another magical thing was getting to see this song live. My second pick, which, oh, I'm like, I'm getting teary even just thinking about it. Betty. Oh, I'm like, this is a song that literally like single-handedly got me through the pandemic. I feel like (laughs) it gave me something to focus on like a high school love triangle, like, yes, please take me back to that. Like (laughs) while the world was crashing down, like this gave me a place to go this whole album. And I feel like the song, you know, we talked about songs that could be turned into a feature film. Like I'm pretty sure this is the one you were referencing. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like this one really stood out to me. And again, the, the setting for this, I mean, they, Mm. This is where they have the whole cabin sort of brought on stage, right? And she's just sitting there and her band's kind of sitting around her. And again, just from a presentation standpoint, like you're in a football stadium, right? There's 80,000 people here. You're going to wheel out like a cabin and, and just get the setting just right and get the mood and all those things. And truthfully, again, this was in the, in the category of songs I didn't know as well, right? And so I'm kind of listening to it and listening to the lyrics. And again, it's just like, all right, this is just a, it's a good story for me to listen to as, as she's singing it. And so, um, yeah, I mean, not surprised this ended up here. I think something from that album should have, should have ended up on any review because again, with all the changes and everything that she does throughout the show, um, you do get those kind of rock kind of fun concert vibes at times. For sure. But, She's able to present a song like this too, and in in a way that still captivates people. And I, I I got the sense that she knew how important this album was to people. You know, folklore and Evermore came out like right in the pandemic. But I, I know that I don't think I'm alone in this. I think people really embraced folklore a little bit more as the pandemic album because you kind of had six months in between folklore and Evermore, and everybody was just in it with this album. And so to be able to hear these songs live in a concert situation when I wasn't sure I'd ever be able to see live music again, like I think that's what the emotion earlier was from, right? Not just from a love of the song and a love of her and the awe of the concert, but like this, there was a time when the song was on constant repeat for me where I wondered if I was ever going to get to see it live, you know? So that was super special for me too. And then this song just delivers, you know? I mean, I always say that it delivers the same way like a John Hughes movie delivers, right? Like I get the same feeling when I finish listening to Betty that I get when, you know, Jake Ryan pulls up in his Porsche (laughs) at the end of 16 Candles or John Bender gives Claire his earring at the end of Breakfast Club, right? It's the same thing. And it's not about being rescued by a man. It's about wishing that the system wasn't rigged and being stoked when it isn't, 
right? Like she's been singing about this since you belong with me. Like if all the high school bullshit about who's popular and who isn't, you know, if that didn't exist and we could just like, like who we like and hang out with who we want to hang out with, like that's what this represents to me, right? It's not about being saved. I need a dude to save me. No, it's about what if none of the other stuff that we attach to high school and popularity and the stuff that honestly, once you get out of high school, doesn't matter. (laughs) And maybe that's why as an adult, I love it because I know this little window of time is so short. And if that window of time that's so important and so formative could be more like, you know, adult life where clicks and um, your social status and all of that doesn't matter, wouldn't high school be a different experience? And so that's what I love about Betty. Yeah, that's that's great. I, I think, you know, to that end, the, the line that stood out to me is when she writes, you know, I'm only 17 and I don't know anything, but I know I miss you. Yeah. You know, and I and I thought that was just perfect to be written from a guy's point of view because as I've told my daughter and her friends, guys guys are pretty stupid until about the age of twenty five. Mm, so I, I try to tell them generous, maybe, Matt. I, I am. I am. <laughs> but I think twenty five is a good number if we were to dial it in. I'm like, it's okay, true. that's that's a fair I think that's a fair number. So I'll stay till twenty five. And you know, the first time I said that to my daughter, she's like, Yeah, but you you're a boy. I was like, Yeah. And I didn't meet your mom until I was like thirty. So Right. You know, that's <laughs> but I tell her, uh, yeah, I mean, that's something just to not put so much weight in, in some of the things you're gonna hear from guys, yeah. right? And that's kind of what I remind her. That's that's the whole point there. But yeah, I just thought that line really that line stood out to me and um yeah, you're right. I mean, it's just a, it's a great song. And I, I didn't have that same experience with it when it first came out, but I was, she, she expresses this during the show that, um, there was a song, I think off one of those albums that she performed for the first time in Dallas that she said was the first time they've ever done it live. And she was like, I don't, and she kind of said something similar to what you did. And she's like, we weren't sure when we were going to perform this. Yeah. And because they had these two albums come out and no live shows scheduled. So, yeah. yeah. It was a real privilege to hear that live. And um, I, I just, I, that's sort of my hope um, is that we, we get an era's live album. That's what, uh, that's what I'm hoping is going to come out of all of this is that um, the, the tour will wrap and we'll get, um, we'll get a live version. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I bet. She's, just, she's too smart to let that opportunity pass her by. Right. And it's what, <laughs> it's like a six album set or something. Right. Like, how are you going <laughs> to? There's so many songs. And again, I found myself being tired at like two and a half hours. I was like, oh man, we still have 30 minutes to go. You know, like I, and we danced and sang and laughed and cried and like, she's still going, you know, I'm tired and ready for bed, but not leaving the show early. No (laughs) way. And she's still, you know, got all the energy in the world performing for, like we said, 60, 70,000 people. So yeah, we were thinking too, like what kind of shape she must be in to be able to do that show night after night. <laughs> well, you know, before um, before the man, she gave a little flex. Uh, at least she did in Dallas. And, you know, she's got some guns. I think she's got in pretty good guns. shape. Yeah. Yeah, she has to be. <laughs> man, she has to be. 
Well, Matt, thank you so much for chatting Taylor Swift with me. I'm so happy you were game to do an Eras tour episode. Um, I just, again, I feel like the cultural significance of this tour is um, is going to be around for a long time. So I'm happy that we have a small little recorded history of what we thought of the show. <laughs> yes. Thank you for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Of course. And to the listeners, please be sure to follow, download, and share this show with everyone you know and all the people you'd like to know, because music is a great way to connect. Last but not least, to stay informed on all things Super Awesome Mix and what are you listening to, be sure to follow Matt Sammer and I on Instagram at Super Awesome Mix. Thanks for listening, and please join me again next week to find your new favorite songs.